Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Today's show will feature interviews with NFL Community Relations Manager Christina Hobestad and Arizona Cardinals tight end Ricky Seals-Jones. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk, Faith, Family, and Sports, and I'm excited to have this young lady in, Christina Hofstadt. She's the manager of community relations with the NFL, former school teacher, doing so many great things to help young football players uh, to experience their platform and to give them direction through the NFL, a great platform in itself. Um, Christina, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so let me start with this. What does the manager of community relations do? The manager of community relations. So we look at the NFL as an umbrella for the 32 markets. Um, each of the 32 clubs has a community relations department that activates players to be able to go out in the community and give back. And so from a league level, we have initiatives that we kind of push down and really support and equip our 32 teams to be able to make a difference in each of those communities. Okay, so how does a former school teacher get to the NFL in this position? Tell me about that process. Well, I will say it was only a God thing. I've really tried to lead my life lead my life by obedience and just really hearing God's voice and seeing where he wants me to go. Um, so I started out actually in broadcast media. I worked in sports for about two years in my hometown in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I picked up a side job as a high school volleyball coach since I was a student um, athlete in college and I played volleyball. And honestly, at the time, I had only picked up coaching to be able to have a little bit of extra money in my pocket it was then that I realized that these young girls really gravitated towards me and I had influence on the court and I was like you know what I'm going to start praying if if I'm supposed to be here full-time so I would go to the school and I would literally run every Sunday around the track and I would pray prayers around this certain high school and I said God if you want me to be a teacher here then you're going to have to open the door because there were no positions available at the time and after a year of doing that, God led me straight into teaching and coaching full-time. I was able to coach and teach for, for three years, and that's really how the teaching position opened up was God. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me about teaching reading particulars. Obviously, that's something that's being talked about in schools so much today, about schools being much more thorough and doing a better job of teaching kids to read, and there's so many independent reading initiatives out there. So, te so tell me, uh, how did you feel about doing that, and, uh, and, and what are kids getting from that program? Right. So the students that I taught were in 11th and 12th grade. They had to pass the state standardized assessment in Florida called the FCAT, and for years they had tried to take this reading portion of this test, and a lot of the students were really way off, or they just missed it by a few points. So if you don't pass that test, or get a comparable score on the ACT, then you're not graduating from high school. And so that alone fueled me to really pour into these students. And what I quickly realized is, as cliche and as silly as it sounds, those students really needed a mentor over everything. And they needed someone that cared, and they needed love, and they needed to be poured into. And so I began to pray of, how am I going to teach these kids who have taken this test over and over and over again? They're very, very 
discouraged at this point, and I felt like God said, just love them. And so at the end of my time there, um, for pouring into them, you know, the teacher or the students knew that I cared, and I ended up getting about half of those students out and to be able to graduate from from high school. So reading is very, very important, but I think more than teaching reading, I, I wanted to teach and help mold hearts, and that is what the byproduct of that was helping the kids eventually pass the test to graduate. Christina Hofstas with us, Community Relations Manager on Sold Out Sports Talk. And Christina, you know, uh, I have a heart for young people, have been doing it for over 20 years in, in schools. And um, as a teacher, I run across so many great teachers and so many great coaches and counselors that are out there giving their life. I, I almost uh, attest it to being a missionary because you have to have a calling to, to be a teacher. And um, You've seen this generation of young people, and, and you're not that far behind, so, so you've got an idea. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenge today for this generation, this next generation of leaders? I think there's, like, so many good and bad things about social media, but I think ultimately the challenge that I see, and I thank God that, you know, I'm not in their position because there's so much information that's out there now. And the challenge that I find with the students that I have and the students that I still currently mentor is they don't know, if they don't have a foundation of Christ and they don't have a foundation of truth, then anything in their mind could be truth and they're trying to figure out what it is. And so they have this like this infiltration of information constantly. And I think their biggest thing is I want to use this information. I want to change the world. I want to make the world a better place, but I don't know where to start because I have so much information. I don't know what's true and what's not. And so as a mentor, as a leader, as someone that's trying to bring up the leaders behind me with this next generation, I think we have to, it would be a disservice if we didn't tell them about God, if we didn't tell them about what truth is, um, so then they can move forward. Because if not, they're going to be stuck in this place of, okay, what am I going to do with that information, or is it even accurate? So I just think establishing a foundation of truth is a big challenge for them. But once they have it, they can they can take on the world full force. Okay, so how do we how do we get to uh, being a school teacher to the director of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Rashad Jennings, uh, Charitable Foundation? So so how did that come about? So another God thing. I um, in two thousand and nine, I lived in an apartment building in Jacksonville, Florida, temporarily um, when I was finishing school. And I would walk by the concierge every single day, and I would try to tell the concierge about my faith and about world events that were going on. And I would, you know, I'm, I'm very much like philosophical, like to hear what people have to say and their thoughts. And so I would have these random conversations with this concierge. And eventually the concierge stopped me and he said, okay, I really love hearing about Jesus. I really love hearing about all these world events. I really love our conversations. But there's this one guy named Rashad that walks in every day and literally talks about the same things that you do. And as much as I love hearing about your stories, I think you guys should come together and talk about it instead because you're both passionate about it. So Rashad and I actually have been best friends um, since that day in 2009. And he came back um, to me when he saw me teaching um, my students in high school. And he said, hey, I see what you're doing with these students. I actually have a foundation that's focused on reading. I would love for you to come back and run it. And I told him no because I didn't want to leave the kids. And then I prayed about it, and God said yes, so I went. <laughs> so how have you taken your experience, um, you know, through teaching, and how did you how did you take that platform and expand it with Rashad Jennings? 
Yeah. So when I started with Rashad, he was in a couple of schools and it was a great program. And his heart was to be able to give other NFL players a platform to give back because a lot of them wanted to do something, but they didn't know where to start. So I said, why don't we get some of your buddies and have them be ambassadors for reading challenges in all the markets. So when you leave a legacy, you're continuing like the trickle and domino effect down to these players that want to give back behind you as well. And he said, great. So what I, I came in first and I really started to tailor our program to meet benchmarks because I didn't want to be a foundation that just said we were giving back and just had these great things on the news and great media hits. But in our hearts, we knew that we weren't making a difference. So I wanted to be one of those that were like, okay, if we're giving back, we're going to hit the benchmarks of reading. We're going to make sure these kids are actually motivated um, to use this reading challenge to be able to pass and graduate high school. So I think being a teacher really helped with that is to build solid programming and then make it scalable to expand and then equip his friends that were also in the NFL to then buy into it. Um, And they really loved it. It really took off. I think when I left, we were in 16 of the 32 NFL cities with 16 different players really taking ownership of their program, which was awesome. We're talking to Christina Hostet. She's the community relations manager at the NFL, the National Football League. And uh, it's a great having here on Sold Out Sports Talk. And uh, Christina, you know, one of, one of the things that uh, people may not know out there is that uh, Rashad had an excellent career in the NFL, but he, he also had a uh, sh- short-lived but very successful career on Dancing with the Stars as the uh, winner of that event. So I'm, uh, I'm here to say, did you give him the inspiration and the technique he needed in order to win that competition? so bad because I asked a lot of people would say yes yes I did but I did not do that (laughs) um I will say that when we when I ran the foundation and with everything that he did with this book with Dancing with the Stars literally he is a man of God he prays all the time there were doors open that were just God stories after God stories after God stories and so I would love to take credit for the talent, but I cannot. But I, we will say that God totally hooked all of that up, and I'm sure gave him a ton of strength through it because he was killing it out there. He did awesome. No, he my, he was my wife's favorite of all of many of the athletes that have been on the show. He he had it all. He had the whole package going. That's probably why he, why he won it, and people loved him. And it's all about voting on that, right? Exactly. And his heart was in the right place the entire time, so and he was bound to win. Okay, so we're on to the next stage. Now, how, 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 how do you get from Rashad Jennings and running his successful foundation and getting these players involved in 16 cities, how does one get to become the community relations manager of the NFL? How'd that come about? Oh, man. So um, it's, it's crazy, another crazy story. Um, my grandfather, who was like a dad to me, he was like a second dad to me, he was a doctor, and in last October, or September, excuse me, um, he was re-diagnosed with cancer, and so he had a brain tumor, and I moved home to Florida to be with him. I was living in Rashad's hometown at the time, and I was just randomly scrolling on the internet, and I saw that this position for manager of CR was open, and to be honest, I wasn't looking for the job at all, but I just felt this nudge to apply. And so I was nervous when I applied because I was like, what if I actually get it? I don't want to leave where I am. But God said, do it. And so four days before my grandfather died of brain cancer, I was able to tell him that I applied. And um, I prayed every night for three months. And I said, God, if your will, open the door. If it's not, close it. And literally 10 interviews, 1,200 applicants later, 
God opened the door and I cried because I didn't want to leave where I was. But it was one of those things that I knew if I don't take this position, then then I'm, I'm going, I'm not being obedient. And I feel like God had opened up an even greater platform to be able to learn, to be able to um, really minister and meet other athletes, help them to activate in purpose and to walk out what they're supposed to do. And then another full circle moment is I ended up finding out that my current boss, I had actually met randomly in Haiti on a mission trip five years before, and I didn't know what she did back then, but as full circle as it would have it, that, you know, we actually knew each other. <laughs> wow. Christina Hovstad yeah. with us, Community Relations Manager of the NFL. And, you know, there's two truths that come out of that, Christina, and one is, and we talk to students about this all the time, if you really want something in life, sometimes you got to overcome the fear and you got to go for it regardless of what the results might be. And then the second thing is uh, a spiritual truth, which is is when you handle your job, whatever job God gives you responsibly, then he always opens the door for larger things when we're responsible with those things that we're given. And those are two things that you did there. Exactly. And I, I will say that I think when you're naturally a visionary, when you're ambitious, when you want, when you don't want to settle and you want everything that God has for you, it's easy to say, what if I miss God's will or like have this frustration of like, am I supposed to go left or am I supposed to go right? But in hindsight, I literally see how even through this crazy journey of becoming from broadcasting to teaching to NFL or excuse me, the foundation to NFL, I realized that, that God really said, you have to be present in the moment. And going back to ministering or speaking life into a janitor when I was coaching volleyball at this high school or speaking life into the student or speaking life into the CEO we need to treat everyone with God's love. And I feel like that's honestly, God, I feel like God elevated my heart over everything. And I say that with the utmost humility. And so I think it's just obedience in the everyday that really takes you to where you're supposed to go. What's been the most surprising thing about the NFL that you've learned? Oh, goodness. Um, I actually really like it here. <laughs> I really like the company. I really like the people. Um, I think the most surprising and challenging thing um, has just been getting used to corporate structure versus nonprofit or startup. Mm -hmm. um, it's just totally different, but right. I'm learning so much, and they're really great people here, you know, so I don't think that's highlighted enough. Okay, so, Christina, you have a, you've had a lot of visions, and you've had big dreams and great things God has done for your life. Uh, what, what's maybe the next big vision that you're trying to accomplish? Oh, goodness. So I'm currently writing a book, and it's all about the process and really helping people to discover their purpose and walking in it, because that's one of my greatest passions in life. I would pray that that book would allow me to continue to speak. Um, that is my major passion, is speaking the Word of God um, to other people, and especially women. And so I think that, you know, maybe I can do that simultaneously while I'm here at the NFL. Um, but I will say that this is the one season in my life where usually I have a sense of what's next. And mm -hmm. God has me just totally trusting and relying on him every step of the way, which I think is exactly where he wants me. So I'm just down for the adventure. <laughs> Christina Hofstadt with us, uh, Community Relations Manager of the NFL, and uh, promise us that you'll come back when that book comes out because we'll really look, uh, look forward to hearing more about that. I would absolutely love to. Christina, this has been a true pleasure. Um, it was you have an incredible story, and uh, it's great inspiration to so many so many people, including the young people that you so uh, desperately want to reach. And uh, we're so grateful to have someone like you out there just uh, sharing the love of God 
working hard and uh, making a difference in people's lives. And that's what this show sold out's all about. So uh, thank you so much for coming in. Do me a favor and hold on the line and um, uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you soon and good luck with the upcoming season. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. When we come back more on sold out sports talk on American family. You're listening to sold out sports talk with Roman Gabriel, the third. In this segment, Roman talks with Arizona Cardinals tight end Ricky Seals-Jones. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. I'm with Phoenix Car- Phoenix Cardinals. What's wrong with me? Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, I was talk- we, talking about yeah, that. There we go. There we go. Tied in Ricky Seals is with us. Rookie. And, uh, you know, you and I have something in common, man. We love the, you know, the franchise when yeah. it came out there. And now you guys have had a tradition of winning, and it's just a whole new program, right? Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, just, you know, what they've done to just move the move it to Glendale and build that stadium. That, the stadium fantastic. I mean, just top-notch, the best you can ever ask for and just to be able to go out and play on it and, you know, represent, you know, the state of Arizona and the state of Texas, I'm truly blessed. Okay, so Ricky, where'd you go to college? Texas A&M. Oh, an Aggie. Yeah. Unbelievable. You gotta love it. Yes, sir. They're, they, new coach, new, new year new this coach. year? Yeah, so, I, you know, so I haven't, haven't yet met Jimbo. You know, yeah. I'm going back after the Super Bowl and try to, you know, speak to him, but you know, he's, I think he's gonna do great things there. You know, our tradition is strong regardless, but, you know, just him coming in, I think he's going to help a lot, and you know his new coaching staff and everything. So I think you know that that's he's going to fit in perfect. Okay, so for fans out there that don't know what it's like to be a rookie, tell me about what your rookie season was like, your expectations coming in, and what it's like after finishing. Okay, so you know rookie year, you you go to training camp, or you, first off, you get drafted or you don't. I didn't get drafted, so I just tell my my story. Yeah. So. I went undrafted, uh, you know, had a couple teams call me, and I chose Arizona. You know, I like the B.A.'s offense. You know, I felt that I could go there and learn under him and Carson and Larry. And so, you know, I ended up going there, making it through rookie mini, rookie OTAs, rookie mini camp, mini camp and camp, and I ended up making the practice squad. So, you know, after practice squad, for about two weeks I got bumped up, played a little bit, and then about week six or eight against Houston, you know, I got my chance to play, and I ended up just running off with it. I scored twice, you know, and then after that, I just had, you know, good games afterwards, just kept building on them. Wow. So, expectations, Carson Palmer's not going to be there next year, so what's the quarterback situation for you? You got to learn. Right. You know, whoever comes in, if they, you know, I mean, Blaine, I think, I think Blaine's still there from my, my knowledge, but, you know, when you're a rookie, right. you bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, you, so you're there talking to you yeah, about trades and who, nah, who this are. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, I, I find out when the media finds out, you know, when they, yeah. when they, when they throw it out. So, But, you know, if, if, if they go with Blaine, new guy in, you know, just you just got to get that chemistry. You know, just got to go out and, on the field and work with him and, you know, see what he's thinking and, you know, how he sees the field and, and, and get that chemistry going. Okay, so you've been thinking about making a team and about uh, establishing yourself with the Cardinals. First off season, I know a lot of players and a, and a lot of guys, they want to establish something in the community or they have a passion for something. Right. What is it that you'd like to do in the in the Phoenix area? Uh, just go around with the youth, you know, especially like, you know, where I'm from, Texas. A lot of kids are just, you know, relying on just, you know, that gang related or just, you know, want to be rappers. Or, right. So I just feel like if, if you can show them, 
you know, from if I'm in Arizona or if I'm in Texas, that you know, where, it doesn't matter where you're from. If you have the work ethic, you know, you stay in school, you get good grades, and you go play ball. Like you can make it. Like even if ball doesn't work out, it, that still sets you up for something on later in life. Like the, the connections you can get from you know playing ball or any sport, honestly, it, it helps. I do a drug and alcohol education program called Sold Out, like our show, and I've been doing it for about six years with junior high and high school student athletes. And one of the things that I recognize when I talk to kids, and I'm sure you have too, and you're closer to them than than I am at my my stage of life. So a lot of these kids talk about, you know, having dreams and, and wanting to accomplish big things. But they're not sure to how, how to go about it. Right, uh, and right. many of the schools today, because of the testing curriculums, and, and they've taken these life skills, character programs out of schools where kids learn things like teamwork and responsibility and perseverance and how to deal with adversity. Uh, how, how did you handle uh, adversity and difficulty growing up as a, uh, a junior high and a high school student? And, and, and maybe what could you tell kids today about your experience that could be helpful to them? You know, with me, I think it was my uh, my family. You know, my mom and dad were in the same household. You know, so I kind of had a, a very stable household, and then I had an older brother that that kind of was in front of me. So you know, he kind of led the way. So you know, I, I would just tell like a kid who doesn't have that that stable household just to find someone that you trust. It could be a counselor at the school, it could be a teacher. You know, it, it just someone that you truly feel comfortable with. And that you know they have the, your best interest. You know, talk to them about it. Talk to them like, hey, this is what I want to do. Do you know a way to how I can get to this point to set me up or just you know help me get started? And you know, because there's so many people out here that, that's willing to help, but you know they just don't know. You got to speak up. You got to talk. And you know that's that's what a lot of kids don't want to do is you know they're too shy or you know maybe what they want to do is, is is dumb or you know a kid in class might you know laugh or whatever, call out a joke. But, you know, I mean, there's so many things to do in this world that, you know, if you just, you just got to speak up and you just got to pursue it. Ricky Seals is with us. Uh, he'll be going into his second year tied in with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is a lot of kids get pressured into trying drugs and alcohol. And it's cool. You watch movies and television, they make it look cool. Right. Um, what would you What would you tell young people today that say, you know, I, I, I can experiment. I can try it one time. It'll be all right. Uh, you know, I grew up where, you know, if I if I got caught doing any of that, I was I, my mom was like, I'm shipping you to the military. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't I didn't try my first alcohol until I got into college. You know, I've never did drugs. You know, I've asthma, so I I feel like if I did drugs, I would probably die because I can barely breathe as now. So, uh, but I, you know, it's just one of those things that you know, if you try it, you know, try it and a. Hey, be done with it you know don't let that temptation of hey man like let's do it one more time that's where that's where that's when you get hooked that's when kids get caught up in that you know that oh man like smoking is cool and you know drinking every day is cool like nah like you know you're you're too young like figure out what you want to do in life you know having a drink when you're you know 21 going out to a bar you're legal yeah you know but right now like there's no need like for what you're not you're not stressed. You you know you don't have that many bills to pay, or if none, there's no need for you know you to go out and, and drink and smoke. You you live the best life. You go home. There's probably food on the table. You know you probably have clothes on your back. So you said you had two parents at home. Obviously, that's extremely important, and a lot of kids don't have that. Right. Many many of them don't have right. that. Um, so right now, in your, in your situation, being on your own, 
uh, you know, your first professional job uh, as a tight end with the Cardinals and getting a great education at Texas A&M. Right. Uh, what, what would you tell kids in terms of your own life of mentors that are important to you and how important it is to have those people around? Who are some of those people in your life right now? Um, one was my, my head coach back in high school. You know, he was uh, – he. I, I truly believe he got me where I was today. Just the way that he did things, you know, from when we had to work out to practices that just – no mistakes, you know, that preparation, like, hey, if you're going you're gonna to do five sets, like, you're going to do this much, many reps, like, don't skip them because you can skip. Oh, well, you be in class and you, I don't want to do this page. I'm going I'm to skip over this and skip over the next thing you know, you're falling behind. And just the way that he did things, you know, from a football standpoint helped me, you know, in my life, how I can set up things like, okay, I can plan things out better because I've been, I've been doing it. It's like repetition. So, you just got to find that, that mentor, that, that person in your life that just truly believes in you and, and helps you to get to where you want to go. So, Ricky Seals, tight end, Arizona Cardinals. What do you what are you representing here? Are you, or is there something that you want to tell us about that you're that you're doing here on Radio Row? Just you know, just hanging. Yeah, hanging, having fun, getting my name out. You know, just going around meeting people and you know talking about football and talking about life. See, this is a good change-up for me. I got yeah. to talk about you instead of talking about something you're pitching. But but you'll probably come back next year and have something to tell me about, right? Oh, yeah. Hands down. <laughs> Ricky Seals, Arizona Cardinals. Thanks for coming in with us, buddy. Thank you I appreciate it. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.